Happy Monday, everyone. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while giggling, snorting, swooning, and going on tangents. We love each other, and we love lifting up the amazing work of romance authors. This week, we have a re-release episode for you. Come with us as we hit the steampunk streets of London with a powered heroine and our first sexy monster. We loved the whole Darkest London series. So if you're looking for more, you've got eight more books and novellas waiting for you to sink your teeth into. They do not disappoint. Here we go. Hi. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Hello. Aaron. Hello. Hey, Melody, Melody, Melody. How are you? Good. It's almost not even your name anymore. It's Melody, Melody, I know. I know. Yeah. I kind of like it, though. I think this, uh, the reason why sometimes the listener thinks your name is Melanie is that mm. I don't enunciate very well. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that sometimes I say your name and it sounds like Melanie because I, I'm very nasal. <laughs> Well, I'm honestly used to that. I've been, I just go with the flow with that for like my whole life because yeah. most people actually say Melanie before they really? figured out it's Melody. Yeah. It's like the song. It's easy to remember because she sings all the time. <laughs> what are you talking I'm about? I'm <laughs> not here to make fun of you, Melody. I am here to make fun of Jennifer R. Jennifer oh. R. Jennifer R. Jennifer R. R. You completed that reading embrace. Hey, girl. Hey, congratulations. girl. Congratulations. Here is your shout out. Oh, my gosh. You get a special, special little so shout out. Special for Jennifer you. Jennifer R. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happened. You know, we did that first episode. Yeah. It was the intro to Ice Capade where we read everybody off a little prematurely. It was like December 23rd or whatever. Because sure. we thought we probably had them all in. And I checked the big Google spreadsheet. For that one, mm-hmm. for that one, and then a couple a week later or two weeks later after the turn of the year, then we had a bunch of people email us. Yeah, they so were like, "Oh we god, did, oh god, we didn't yeah. know that was we, the deadline." We read it. We read it. Ah. So then, what I did was I read off all the people that had emailed us, so mm-hmm. that would sweep everybody up. Well, between the two things, or after, or whatever, Jennifer R put her stuff in the spreadsheet. And then she tweeted at us that we All forgot I know her. Is that Twitter started blowing up with Jennifer R raising Jennifer her hand R and being like, face, "Me, me, excuse you, me, you had better shout <laughs> me out, or I will pull my support of this podcast." It was very yeah, hostile, you guys. It was. So then I was like, "Jennifer R, send us an email." Send us. And an she email. was like, "I asked if you should send me an email, and you said no, which I do not remember, or I have I have no recollection of this." Listen, I don't remember a lot of things, so. You know. So then she sends us an email. It yeah. says, here's your email dot dot dot, which tone, Jennifer, tone. Yeah, I'm tone policing you, Jennifer. <laughs> okay, for coming at me. So hot. With your. <laughs> we're kidding with you, darling. We're Telling, totally yes, joking. Yes, we're kidding. We're totally joking. And from our tweets back and forth, I think she understands that yeah. this is this is the joke. But she sends us an adorable picture of her dog, Maggie, um, to show to Goat and Rooster. I did. Aww. <laughs> she says, I've completed the, the reading race, blah, 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 blah. This is January 13th, by the way. 
Then she says in a paragraph, are there rules? Meaning, were we supposed to email me when you were done? OMG. If so, I missed the memo. And I would just like to quote <laughs> heatingbosoms.com backslash or forward slash reading hyphen embrace. At the uh-huh, end uh-huh, of the explanation uh-huh. of the embrace, it says, at the end of your embrace, send us an email at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com and we will announce everyone on the podcast. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? That's what it says. <laughs> Isn't that nice, Jennifer R? Honestly, it's really nice of us. It's so nice of us. <laughs> no. But then we did something We did something even worse because I was like, okay, Jennifer R, we'll shout out you out next time. And then yeah. we forgot twice. And then we forgot again. And I, I personally was not going to re-edit everything back in. So I refused. I put my foot down. Yeah, because remember we talked about on that Patreon. And then today, I would have forgotten for a third time had you not brought it up. I would not have remembered. (laughs) So there you go. You are shouted out, Jennifer R. We love you. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much for doing the I hope you felt our prickly embrace. (laughs) Yeah. Into our bosoms. Yeah, you're real. You're lodged so far into my bosom, lady. <laughs> like I don't definitely know if remember you're you. Ever gonna find your way out? <laughs> uh, yep. Okay, so right, that's so, the first order of business. Yeah. Listen, we are here today, HBs. We are here today to do an intro because we are re-releasing one of our favorite episodes. We don't have an episode. Listen, guys. Over the next. So it's February now, between February and April of this year, I have come up on a work situation where I'm going to have to be jet setting all around on weekends without like a ton of notice. And I don't really know what's going on in my life. So I don't even know what weeks they're going to be, but just prepare to have a couple re-releases, a couple of guest hosts. Yeah. There's probably going to be a Cole movie episode. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit different than we will do all the books on the reading list. That yeah, we but, but we will have to make a few departures from the list in between. So, yeah. but we'll be still putting out Patreons episodes and, you know, as many yeah. episodes as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to be doing some re-releases of some of our favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. And this week we are re-releasing one of... Actually, I think it might be Aaron's favorite episode, question This mark? is my favorite episode. Yeah. For, Aaron has the reasons. ability to choose favorites, and this is hers. This is my favorite for multiple reasons. One, this is this was a great book. Yeah, oh, we yeah. We both loved book. And God. I love this whole series. Moonglow is outstanding. Yes. If you need something to read this week because you're not reading a new book with our like podcast book club, right. read Moonglow, which is the sequel to this book. And really the whole the whole thing. It's this series. The whole is Darkest great. London series is incredible. Incredible. I loved this episode because of, you know, my hard limit is masquerade masks. That's right. The kiss that was just tongues. Oh. There's the big so stab. The big stab slash It was a stab. No, I said big stab. You said it was a little slash. It was a slash? Yeah. No, yeah, it was a slash. That was my favorite thing. And that was not like a bit that was completely organic. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and also, this again, this episode has a special place in my heart because this is the one where we had to pause the podcast and have a full-on friend fight. Yeah, yeah. We had a full-on friend fight. I cut like four minutes out of this thing. Yeah, and when you listen to the episode, you cannot tell. Uh-uh. I can tell. I know exactly where it happens. <laughs> but you cannot tell where uh-uh. we had to like 
press pause on podcasting uh-huh. and press go on Aaron and Melody have it out. Yep. <laughs> and, then we, and then we had to start over like, okay, um, what that's was the, the last podcast, thing we I were guess. talking about, um, I guess. We got to... They, uh. They're at a museum. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I like, can try to sound like we were happy. No. And honestly, the second half of the episode is way better than it would have been because we needed to air some yeah. grievances and get some closure. The second half. And like it get on picks the same up page. the speed because we're less mad at each other. We were low-key sizzling mad at we each other. We were so mad. Well, we, I, don't answer me, but I don't remember what we were mad about. Honestly, it, I don't even think it was an actual thing. I think we were both stressed about real life shit and then uh-huh. like there was something that happened in podcast that oh, i know what happened in no podcast big of a deal is i did not <laughs> i my i know exactly what it was is i had some kind of alert that dinged and i was like i don't know how to turn it down mm-hmm. without turning the this alert i couldn't turn off oh, something right. and i had i felt like i had to have the sound on on my phone Mm-hmm. To be able to hear you and other things that had to happen. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And you were like, it's a button. It's, it's a, a button, button on the side, Aaron. You, you have can turn it off. It's a, it's a little but I thought switch, my button Aaron. had done already been <laughs> off. It, it was a whole thing. But that was what it, that's what blew up about it. Was you were yep. like, it's a button. It's a button on the side. And you just <laughs> click it. And then on the thing, it's orange. And then when it's orange, that's when your phone's on silent. Aaron. And I was like... <laughs> I know that. I know that. I know that. That's how that goes. But I can't have it on like that, and then also be able to hear this schmurfer. And we lost our shit. Yep. And then we, we got did. it back. We got and it back. Then, yeah. It was like four minutes of like we need to we need to get back together on the same page. We need to say some honest things, and we need to <laughs> tell each other to, how we really feel. Yeah, and we need to be careful of the way we phrase stuff. We need to be and careful of each other's feelings when we tell people about that button. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, this yeah. is one of my favorite episodes for all three of those reasons. Oh, and it's one of my favorite episodes because I actually love any time these two dumb idiots attempt to convey action in a book. <laughs> it's one of my favorite <laughs> things. <laughs> when you and I yeah. try to describe uh, fights or <laughs> big uh-huh. action scenes. <laughs> yep. So anyway, yep. with that, here is our episode on Firelight by Kristen Callahan. Make sure to check out all of the Darkest London series because it is delicious. Uh-huh. So good. Here we go. All right. Is it time for Firelight? I think it's time for Firelight. I have been waiting long enough to go. <laughs> I've read this thing multiple times at this point. Yeah, well, I am. Okay. Here's the all problem: about it. is the cover I have for this thing blows hard. Like, I'm I'm sorry, cover art designer. I don't know who it was, but I this cover is not did not make me want to read. You the have book. the lady in a corset standing in. background of fire she's in a blaze she's on a cobblestone street she's barefoot for some reason dressed Mm. fully intact i'm like okay if your shoes have burned off like why is everything else good dress wise then in the background is big ben why i don't know because they're in london Um, yeah and then it's got this like sticker on it that said yeah but i mean like it's just superimposed 
Anyway, I see. I see. It's not. It doesn't look natural that Ben Ben Big Ben's back there. Look, can you see it on the thing? Yeah, I actually didn't even notice it. It doesn't yeah, look right before. there. Mm. And then it's got the sticker on it that says "Great new author, great low price," which never bodes well. <laughs> so I was just a little bit apprehensive. You judged a book by its cover. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I have got a, little... a cover that I really like. So yeah. What yeah. was yours like? So I have got a cover where she is ah i've got both covers wait the cover when i open the book is the one you have the cover in the preview like the um the kindle you can see all the books that you've ordered page oh you are very right that's a different cover yeah yeah but you know what i'm not very into that cover either Hmm, fair why is the city upside down i don't know i really like that regal neck yeah, she, gosh, that model looks gorgeous. But that is quite the kissable neck, Erin. Yeah, but, like, why is she underneath the Plus, city like her that? her hair is all, is all floofy as if it's being carried by the flames, Erin. Fair. <laughs> you know? Fair. Anyway, I didn't mind that cover, but the one on the inside is the same one you have. But even though I didn't like the cover, I'm very glad we read this book. Yeah. This is why the podcast is great, because if if it were just up to me, I would have kept Winstoning until the end of time, Mm -hmm. and I had to take a break to Firelight. And here's the thing. This book is maybe the first book we've read, besides maybe Winston's, maybe C. Jane's score, that I feel like is very in my wheelhouse. Like, this is my kind of book. This is squarely within one of my favorite time periods, Uh Sherlock Holmes time. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Where they've got the running water, but it's still England times. It's England times. The silhouettes are gorgeous. It gets to be... Sherlock Holmes times is like England times, but without most of the social constructs and a lot more uh, steam, mystery. There's masquerades. Uh, You're going to find a lot of like urchins in Sherlock Holmes times. Mm -hmm. That's why the Duchess deal, I felt like when he went out with his cane and like beat people up at night, that part was Sherlock Holmes times. Interesting. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of full moons. It's going to be, yeah, yeah. botany, squarely, squarely Mm -hmm. always in Sherlock Holmes times. Anytime anyone's making a tincture or a concoction that like could, you know, like Jekyll and Hyde up somebody. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes times. Absolutely. Well, and uh, I mean, I feel like it's the best times for anything nefarious to occur. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, nefarious, but with like a steampunk twist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. into it. Super mm-hmm. into it. So I super love this book, partially because it's one of the only times in mm, recent memory that I've been so interested in the mystery aspect of it mm-hmm. that I was really excited for the romance. And and there were p- moments where I was like, hey, instead of hearing about all those awesome walks they're going on and like how he's distracting her and all, how he's doing all the things, like they had such good banter in the scenes Ugh. that we saw them in uh-huh. that I was like, I, I would have taken 75 more pages just of that. They were so but funny with each other, which is so unexpected so in a book funny. like this. They were yes. really cute and laughy, which this book, the the plot of it is so dark. Dark. And probably from this podcast, you're only going to get that part because we're not going to read aloud. I mean, we will, but like all of the banter that came in between. But they were mm-hmm. so like, I don't know, chiding they were, and jokey yeah. and funny with each other. It was really nice. 
And they were just adorable. Like you could see, Mm -hmm. um, I think she did a a really great job in particular with that first dinner that they had together. Yes. Where like the the personal part of their relationship started to come through. Like it was just gorgeous. Anyway. Yeah. So in this book. All right. We have got Archer. Benjamin Archer, the fifth Baron of Umberslade. Hmm. I think. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) <laughs> and and I'm sorry, it's just so weird to hear out loud. Umberslane. <laughs> I know. Right. I don't. I mean, I'm probably saying that wrong, but I don't give mm-hmm. a single fuck. And then we have Miranda Ellis. Miranda Ellis. Miranda Ellis is so. She's just an excellent heroine. Can I just say that out loud? Yeah, she's great. And, you know, part of it is like part of the plot of this thing is he's like, you know, a creature. So he's going to end up being like a lot older than her in a creepy mm-hmm. way that sometimes turns out to be kind of a creepy uh, age difference of like a yeah. hundred years. Yeah. But in this one, she was so self-possessed. Yes. She so knew herself. She was so confident and she was so like smart and able to like, I didn't feel icky about their age difference at all. Not at all. Well, first, like she was forced to grow up so much more quickly because her father like just put her out on the streets. But then... right. More than anything, I think the author did a really good job of just showing us her her gaming things out in her inner monologue in a yeah. way that really gave her her own voice and perspective and agency, really. Mm-hmm. In a time where women had more agency, but certainly not all of it. <laughs> right. Okay. So we start in the prologue. Ooh, mm-hmm. The prologue. We got Archer. He's skulking around. He's got a hat on. He's got a cape on. We're Sherlock's Holmesing. We've got steam coming up. It's very yeah. mysterious. We got a moon. He's got murder in his heart. He's he's thinking about some murders. Yeah. He's lurking around about to go murder a dude named Ellis. And he sees these two little kids fencing in a courtyard or like preteens well, maybe. Yeah. Teenagers. Teens. Teenagers. One is one, well, is, one obviously is a teenager. A teenager. He thinks, yeah, yeah. He thinks the other one is maybe younger. Um, because he's like kind of smaller and that kind of thing. Their and they're names, fencing. Yeah, fencing. Their names are Martin and Pan. And he's like, ooh, no one fences anymore. It's really nice to see kids fencing nowadays because I used to do that in my youth. So he pauses, he watches them fence around. And he starts smiling for the first time yeah. in years just so because of the unbridled nonsense. And he's like, the older one's good, but the younger one's going to be better once he, like, comes into his own. Right. So the younger one, Pan, is like, all right, bye, and, like, Mm -hmm. walks away. And he's like, oh, no, this little kid's going to, like, walk home alone. I better follow this little kid to make sure nothing bad happens because we're in Sherlock Holmes times and there's, there's murderous. Anything can come out of that gutter, you know? Yeah. And so he's following this kid home, and then, like, these two uh, uh, thuggy urchins come upon him, and they're like... And they start speaking a lot of cockney yeah, that like, I had to Hello, Google. I'm an urchin! <laughs> that was for, uh, that was for think, the English fans. <laughs> I think that's the most animated I've ever seen you, Erin. <laughs> I wish you could see the way her mouth just contorted. <laughs> well, it was it. You know, my, my spirit animal, Jillian Anderson, has a British accent. So I, I didn't know you were such a character actor, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> You've really been holding out on me. <laughs> I did accents. You've heard me do accents. I'm actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Hello. Hello. I'm going to turn you to, to cheese on toast. I'm, I'm, I'm okay at accents. Just I was just joking, though. No, you're amazing. I'm making fun of you. I'm being earnest. It was just such a delightful surprise. All right. Anyway. Oh, boy. Okay. So they're like, hey, where are you going to, you doff? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) she's like, none your business, you. And they start like a little scuffle. His bowler hat comes off and this beautiful bright shining red hair comes billowing out and all of a sudden archer thinks to himself it's not a little boy it's like a 18 year old girl like wow she's gorgeous she's all the things what the fuck is she doing out here and why does she why is she not scared because then immediately the two urchins are like oh you're not a doff you're a doffer and And like instead of just mugging you, now we're gonna rape ya. Um, and it's all it's all really wholesome and nice. So then she's like, she's basically like, you better go, otherwise I'm gonna turn you to cheese on toast. Yeah. And uh, what a great threat! What a great threat! I'm yeah. going to turn you to cheese on toast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then Archer intervenes, and he's like, you better get the fuck out of here. And uh, they do because he mm-hmm. is a scary, scary person. Yeah. And she's all like, he's like back in the shadows because he's trying to hide some kind of disfigurement that he has on his face. And she's like, hey, what are you what are you doing in the alleyway behind my dad's house? Like, you probably here to kill him, probably. Like, right. and he's like, yeah, yeah, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to kill your dad. Yeah, because he figures like- out who she is. And she's the daughter of the guy that he's about to kill. Yeah, and he's about to kill him because um, we find out a little bit. We find out in bits and pieces. But Ellis, her father, was ruined financially. And so he sort of turned to piracy or he partnered with people who wanted him to turn to piracy. And he knocked over one of Archer's ships, which held a really, really important thing. He thought it was going to be like the cure of his disfigurement. That's what happened? (laughs) Yeah, so this is why he's going (laughs) Like Christ on a bicicleta. Okay. <laughs> hey, listener, it's Aaron here. Um, these are the kind of books that are in my wheelhouse. I am an avid reader of paranormal romances and Sherlock Holmes times romances and, you know, werewolves. Werewolves, as we've said. Werewolves. But I am the worst kind of paranormal <laughs> romance and Sherlock Holmes times mystery romance readers because here's... I need there if there's not any like backstory of like this is how the piracy and the Egyptians and the Druids and like all of this happened. If there's not any of that, if it's I'm not pissed. like explicit, if it, if they don't do enough backstory on like how things came oh, to okay. be the way yeah. that they are, I'm pissed. I'm like, well, that was really thin. But when there is enough backstory, I'm like, I just skip right over it. So you I'm just, just like, don't blah, 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 Egyptians, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, Egyptian soldier and druids and blah, 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 pirates and do, 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 box with a ring in it. Because I don't care. I just need it to be there. And that makes me the worst. I'm sorry, wow. Kristen Callahan. Like, I'm, I got that there was a boat. I understood 
that like shit. he was mad at him and a boat sank but i wasn't sure i did not realize he was the pirate cool yeah so he's the one who who set it all up and he thinks that his cure is at the, bo- the bottom of the ocean somewhere so he's going to kill ellis Miranda then is like, if you're going to kill my father, you're going to go through me because you can't get blood from a stone and you're not getting blood from this stone. It's actually one of my favorite lines. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, like he starts immediately getting a little crush on her because he's yeah. like, you know, first of all, this this woman doesn't seem to be afraid of anything. And I don't understand why. But then she's like, OK, I need to check you for weapons before I just send you on your merry way because I'm not prepared to just let you go and and give you the opportunity to still go kill my father like he's Mm -hmm. he's the worst but he's mine you know right (laughs) so she puts him up against the wall and he sort of goes for it because he knows he's in control the whole time whatever yeah yeah he's he's like oh this cutie and she starts frisking him frisking him getting all frisky so she goes down one leg and up the other leg and then she feels his muscly thigh I'm sorry, that's Rooster barking her face off. We're doing okay. this during the day in Alaska, which means Rooster will bark. Is that okay? We've already lost our English listener today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hello, and she was like, goodbye. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's all very businesslike. Her movements are all very businesslike until, mm-hmm. until she gets up to his gluteus maximus mm-hmm. parts. And then his inner monologue is... Oh man, she's copping a, a real quick feel. Uh-huh. And it's one of the first times in probably, I'm going to say 50 years, that somebody has touched him in that way and like made him feel like a man instead of a monster. And so it's not something he's going to forget very soon. Um, and he then in there is like, okay, I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going to offer for her. But first, I got to go see if I can cure myself so that we can have an actual marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he fucks off. And I mean, this seemed really odd because like the one job of ladies in any England time is to get married. Mm-hmm. And I know that Ellis is ruined. I just feel like it was a big gamble on his part, you know? Cocky bastard is what I'm saying, I guess. Oh, that she wouldn't get married? Yeah. In the meantime? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, well, but the thing is, like, he knew that he had such a horrible thing going on with him. Yeah. That the thing is, if she got married in that, those three years, it's, like, fine. Because he couldn't have, like, jumped on the opportunity then anyway. Because, like... I mean, I realize he eventually does, but in that moment, he's like, he had to take that gamble, I think. It's completely true. Absolutely. Um, so at the end, he's like, what? What? Oh, Aaron's the doing sexy little- monster, my favorite kind. <laughs> She's doing so a little excited. sexy monster dance. I think this is our first sexy monster. I'm uh-huh. so excited. And he's a real, real sexy monster in like uh-huh. his... His brain is sexy. Oh, yeah. And his body is sexy. Mm-hmm. And his attitude is sexy. His behavior in alleys is sexy. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so then he's like, I don't remember exactly why, but he's like, I want to like give you a gift kind of thing or like something to remember me by or mm-hmm. something. And so he gives her this gold coin um, and he's like, it's not legal tender, but you can melt it down if you want and, you know, get a pretty penny for it. Mm-hmm. She goes, I'm not going to take charity, but I'll take a trade. And she mm-hmm. promptly throws a knife into the wall beside him. And she's like, here, you can have this knife. Ooh! <laughs> and she looks at the coin and the coin says the West Moon Club. And she's like, mm-hmm. what's that? And then 
epilogue over. And then he Darkwing ducks the fuck out of there. Darkwing duck. <laughs> All right. So we open up the actual book and she is capering. She yeah. is going to steal a necklace. It's three years later. She's yeah. in a jewelry store. She's using her feminine wiles and boobs to steal, to distract a jeweler to steal a necklace. And so she is distracting him and a bunch of ladies walk in and they're like swooning um, in the bad way over Archer, the Baron of the thing. The Archer. dread Duke of awful. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, because he's, he's such a fright to see because he walks around with like a silk cap over his head and also a carnival mask. And which is like honestly, that is really frightening. Like a if there black was somebody carnival mask. Yeah. yeah. If there was somebody just like roaming Anchorage wearing like a hood and a carnival mask, I that would tear I would swoon. A- I would be absolutely. terrified. By that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hold on. Have I told you about Captain Bayonne? What? No. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. We have this guy called Captain I think he's Captain Bayonne. Tread lightly. He may be a listener. I know. He literally runs around town. What does Nobody that mean? Knows, and then I know. It's the weirdest thing. Like, so what like, is he wearing? Okay. Huh, sure. <laughs> we'll go there. He's usually wearing some sort of athletic bodysuit mm-hmm. and then some kind of full-on cap mask. Cat? Uh, cap. Like, cap. it's on his head. It's like a skull mask with, like... It's a costume. He wears this full-on, like, Spider-Man-esque costume. Most of the time, I see him stretching on corners. Or a lot of times, right near my house, he'll stand about 20 feet away from a garbage can and attempt to flip a water bottle into the garbage can with his feet, like ha- mm-hmm. like like hacky sack style, like a hacky sack serve. <laughs> but more than anything, he goes down Broadway racing cars on foot <laughs> like like he's a he's a runner of some sort wow. he, he supposedly does a lot of things for charity but yeah we have this local oddity called captain bayonne huh. who runs around being an everyday superhero raising money for charity do and... you think this is the cat burglar you've always dreamed of <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry he is far too conspicuous to be any kind of respectable cat burglar. Well, I'm just saying if, Madam. Uh, you know, friends of the podcast will know that Melody is down for a cat burglar. So I, I just wanted to put it out there since he's stretching mm-hmm. and, you know, flipping bottles into things. That seems like a thing a cat burglar would be good at doing. No, those are those are both too conspicuous. The best thing about <laughs> cat burglars is that you can also take them to a cocktail party and nobody will know. Yeah, if you demasked him, no one would know. Sure, but then but then he's not heisting jewels from the rich to give to the poor. He's just racing cars on foot. You just said he does a lot for foot. charity. <laughs> 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 All right, okay. And, and stretching on corners and missing garbage cans with water bottles over and over and over again. That is my impression of Captain Bayo. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So there are these women, and they're like, you know, Archer. They're scary. like swooning and super oh, he's scary. So scary. And and meanwhile, this is only because his coach drove by. He was. They didn't actually see his yeah. person. They, yeah. They just saw his black scary coach, and she's like, "Oh, brother!" But then she uses that diversion to steal all her jewels, mm-hmm. and then she goes home to her father, and she's like, 
Here's your Wait, stupid no, no, jewels. No, no. she what? watches his coach pull away from her house. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, so his coach is at her house when she mm-hmm. gets there. Then she goes in and she's like, Dad, these are stupid jewels that you made me steal for you because you're ruined and you have no money. And her dad's like, guess what you get to do tomorrow? Marry Lord Archer, the one whose face is so disfigured that he has to wear a carnival mask all around London. And she's like, no, that sucks. And he's like, yeah, you're going to do it because he's going to pay me a lot of money. And she's like, no. And then they get in a fight over this warehouse fire that destroyed his his fortune. There's a lot of um, him being like, I'm going to hit you because I'm your father. And her being like, do it, try it, because I will burn you to a crisp. And this is where we learn that she can create fire with thought. Mm -hmm. So she, when she was 10, she went into one of her father's warehouses because he used to be a really well-to-do merchant. Mm -hmm. And she went into one of his warehouses just because it was like her playland and was trying to show a friend this cool thing she could do and promptly burn the whole thing down because the fire got out of control. And that was like the first thing that happened that like set her father to ruin. So since then, she's been attempting to make up for it, and she's got this this really sad and you know semi perverse sense of loyalty to him because he's a terrible person who treats her awfully. Mm-hmm. But you know, kids are miraculous little creatures. Yeah. So he says, "You have to make the decision. I can't force you. Part of the agreement is that you have to say yes. I will marry him. Otherwise, he won't take you. He won't have you." So make your decision, but either way, you don't live here anymore. You either right. go live in this rich baron's Scrooge McDuck mansion. House of horrors, yeah. <laughs> or you find your own way on the streets. Right. And she says, okay, well, no, and I love this too, because she actually does make the decision. It's not her saying, I don't want to live on the streets, so I'm going to marry him. She, You actually watch her think about the fact that she doesn't want him to be one more person that her father screws over and thereby making her just as fucked up as her father is Mm -hmm. and so she's like no you know what i am gonna do the honorable thing you have told him that i will marry him so yes i will be the bigger person and i will marry him because i am a good person right and so he dresses her up like a taffeta cupcake and they go to the family kirk can i say right now that Mm. um kristen callahan yeah is a master of show mm. don't tell. <gasps> yes. Oh master. my god. Absolute I, I feel master. Like a lot of other people writing this book would have started out in her internal monologue being like, "Ever since I was a little girl, yes, I controlled all the fires and blah 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 <laughs> blah 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 blah." But instead, she's just in this argument with her dad, and she's like, "I'll burn you alive, asshole!" And you're like, "What? Mm-hmm. She'll burn him alive? That came out of nowhere." And no. that's how everything in this book is kind of revealed. It's like through dialogue or through like an errant thought. We're just like, "What? That was a weird thought to have." And then later, it's like you kind of get to come to the realization on your own. It's beautiful of what's going on. I mean, yeah, you get to basically be like a a Sherlock Holmes detective. Mm-hmm. who knows how to read minds it's yeah. amazing it's an amazing reading experience yeah it's very troublesome when you're like what was that about like hieroglyphics blah 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 yeah. and then later you can't figure it out don't do that don't be me don't skim the yeah good stop stuff. skipping yeah Honestly. i don't mean to it's just what my brain does it's just like <laughs> oh look a paragraph with no dialogue <laughs> i can't do it like i don't know what it is i oh, interesting it's terrible. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. okay. So they show up at the church. 
And the priest is like, hey, this is really weird, but he wants to talk to you before the ceremony. I love that. This is really weird, but yeah. his fiance wants to meet you before the ceremony? I know. I know. So they, she goes back and he's in the full carnival mask and, you know, his whole getup. She can tell he has a really, really hot bod mm-hmm. underneath his yeah. uh, Sherlock Holmes attire. She's like, oh, he's very tall and mm. broad and very mm-hmm. muscles. Very muscles. Very muscles. Much muscles. Very, <laughs> very hot. So he's so like, he- I just thought that you should be able to see me before this and like actually make a decision and they actually have this like really hilarious bumbling assholic on both sides conversation mm-hmm. where she's like all right well if you're gonna treat me like this like i'm gonna go because he basically says like yeah i wear a mask but your beauty is just as big of a mask well right i think she tells him he's like well i wanted you to see what i was getting into and she's like if you really want me to see what i'm getting into like let's let's see it right like doesn't yeah, she take be off like, the mask. all right take yeah. off the mask then and he's right. like well i'm not taking off the mask and she's like meanwhile you i had the same thought i was yeah, like me too you're not showing her what she's getting into at all like literally yeah. <laughs> but now that i know what his thing is i'm on yes. his side too like totally. i i understood this argument and so he turns it on her by being like, is your beauty not just as much of a mask as my mask is a mask? And she's mm-hmm. like, no, you're a bastard. Like, I can't. I'm showing <laughs> you my thing, you know. And so right. they get in a big fight. Um, but then she decides that she knows she's got this secret fire control situation where she can incinerate anybody. And she knows that. And she can defend herself. And also, she kind of likes him. Like, she kind of feels a pull toward him. Like, yeah. she knows he's got his sexy muscles. And she's starting to feel like he has a little bit of vulnerability under that. Mm-hmm. Like, like with a couple of the things he says, she's like, oh, I, I, I'm starting to identify with him. So they mm-hmm. get married. And yeah. it's excellent. So they pull up to this giant house. It's like raining and pouring. And it's a storm. And it's really scary looking. And she's like, I could still run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in, yeah. her, in her head, she's also thinking like, no, he'll just pull me back. He'll just carry <laughs> me back into his mansion of doom. Yeah. And then it opens up and it's this gorgeous, bright, crazily decorated, beautiful house. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so you thought it was going to be a horror show, huh? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, I did. Glad it's not. I mean, <laughs> you have a choice of like what to wear over your face and you choose a carnival mask. So right. I assumed you were super fucking weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's a fair assumption. Yeah. And he's like, my house is my refuge. Why shouldn't it be beautiful and comfortable? You know, oh, it's lovely. So then he takes her to her room and um, she has a lunch prepared or whatever. He goes off to his, he has a, a greenhouse on the roof, which can't even talk about how much I want a greenhouse on my roof, you know? <laughs> he, oh, so God. he hangs out in his greenhouse. He takes off his mask and he sits, we, we have a whole chapter of just him brooding in his greenhouse and thinking very cryptic thoughts about things. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, the answer is in Alexandria and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, what is, what is going Talking on? To I don't understand. woman named Elizabeth. Like yeah, a bunch of stuff. And you're just like, what? what is happening? How is this a whole chapter? It's beautifully written. I didn't written. think that at all. I yeah, know, I was, but I, I was, was just like, it. blah, blah, blah. Is anyone going to smooch in this chapter? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is happening? And they I loved it because I, I think that a lot of this for me was like the tension of, is he talking to a family member? Is he talking oh, to an old yeah. lover? Is he talking to like you go through, you have to game it out in your brain because you don't find out until four chapters later. I and know. it's goddamn gorgeous. It's a wonderful reading experience. It was so good. And fortunately, a lot of that is gamed out in dialogue, which I yes. always read no matter what. So. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> so true. Yeah, it was it's a great mystery. Like it's so cryptic, all of his thoughts. And the thing is, he does not reveal to you what his deformity is until the end. And I feel like a lot of these until books, he it's reveals like, it to her. Right, right. It's and a lot awesome. of these books when you do the the perspective of the person who has the mystery, you learn it as the reader. Yes. And then you spend the whole time being like, you dumb bitch. Like, why aren't you putting two and four right, and eight right. together? Whereas in this one, you find out with her and it is so cool. It's like, it's, right. it's such a neat experience. But I feel like this author was really good at concealing that from us, but not making it obvious that she was. Yes. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. reading it being like, just tell us. And it didn't mm-hmm. feel like that. Anyway. All right. So he's done brooding in his greenhouse. And then they go to dinner. No, 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 no. No, we go to the murder now. <gasps> the murder must foul. So we're with Sir Percival in his house and he's hanging out with his wife. He's drinking port and taking a nap. <laughs> Somebody sneaks into his house and he looks up and he goes, Archer. And then the killer says, I have to send a message. And then he dies. I need you to send a message. And then they slit his throat. And the valet in the next room hears all the gurgling, awful sounds. And then a maid sees a black masked figure running across a courtyard. Well, you don't know any of that Mm -hmm. yet, but you don't know. Yeah. All of that. Okay. So all that happened. So then they are at dinner that evening. He gets her a bunch of food that she hasn't had in a long time because her dad's poor and she has to steal for food. Um, so she's got like all the chickens and the soups and the fruits and the desserts and the wine. And he's not eating. Right. Because he's wearing a carnival mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much. But also not making it weird. Like, you no, know, he's he doesn't watching make it weird, but like, eat, but it's hot. It's also inherently weird. Like, can you imagine eating dinner with just a guy wearing like a, a hard mask just no, staring at you? Yeah. Like, it's inherently no, weird. He is making adorable, charming banter and yes. telling her all about his backstory. So he says that he spent about 10 years in America being an oil baron of some sort, a la Rockefeller. And in Sherlock Holmes times, worth $70 million. Right. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Uh-huh. I mean, yikes. Yeah. And so she says, like, I feel like you got the short end of the stick on this deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he guffaws because, of course not. He She's married to a monster. And then they have very flirty and laughy dialogue. And they go back and forth and kind of spar. She calls him Archer. And when they are kind of, like, sparring seductively, she, like, grabs a pear and eats a pear seductively and he like grabs her wrist and is like don't tempt me you best be careful yeah and then he says if i wasn't wearing this mask i'd suck the juice off your fingers and she's like what and i don't know how she didn't burst into flames (laughs) right she's a flame (laughs) monster come on (laughs) i burst into flames yeah just reading it liked it but then i also thought to myself like can you imagine okay you're having dinner with mr carnival with a man you just met 12 hours ago not even that and you married and you're having some flirty banter can you imagine a situation where you reach for a fruit and try to eat it seductively and that Mm -hmm. is successful because i can't (laughs) i can't (laughs) imagine a situation where i'm like i'm a flirt with this guy right now I'm going to take this pair home. home. (laughs) I can't ever imagine that working out for me in a million years. No. So I'm glad it worked out for Miranda. But we don't have the live fencer's body of (laughs) Miranda Fair. 
<laughs> the plump lips. That yeah, suck the plump the juice lips from the pear. The- yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so then that ends. He escorts her upstairs, right? Yeah, and they they do this they do this thing at the door where everybody wants to kiss each other. And nobody yeah. knows what to do with themselves. And oh, then right, because he, like, he's wearing a mask. Like, what is she supposed right. to do? Right. Smooch the mask? Well, no, but she's still like, hard body, love this, want to touch, shouldn't touch, because I am lady. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she's she's sort of short-circuiting on her own. And then he puts her to bed. He's just like, good night, see you never, thanks, bye. And he, like, runs off to, to take a cold shower. But before he can do that, he gets a package mm-hmm. with... A human eyeball in it. Human eyeball. And I think it, there's like a note. Yeah, there's a note that's like cut out magazines or cut out newspapers and it says, you should not have done it. And then there's also soaked in the blood from, you know, the human eyeball that's also in the package. Yeah, the, the a, blood uh, and the viscous. Blech. Yeah. The viscera, uh, whatever that's called. <laughs> it's a newspaper clipping from his marriage announcement. So yeah. somebody's real mad that he got married, says you should not have done it. So then that evening, she goes off like in the middle of the night ish. She goes to get a drink because she doesn't really know what to do with herself. And she ends up in Archer's library. And that is when her brother-in-law, a CID inspector, shows up. And this is still a thing I I still don't understand. This is the one thing about peerage that I don't get. What's a peerage? What is this? What? Oh, Baron Marcus Duke, like being a peer of the realm, the thing that you hate, the thing that you refuse to understand anything about at all. The thing that it's like they can't be arrested is what you're saying from like what we learned in the Duchess War? Yeah, you can't like even ask them, even if they're, if there's a really good possibility they literally murdered another human. Yeah. You can't just ask them about it or like make any indication that they could be a suspect. And they also can't be arrested. It just seems like like such a, a a setup for horrible abuses and like murder clubs and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like rape and murder clubs. It just seems like you get a bunch of already privileged white men, add that they're untouchable, and then just like, how are they not just uh-huh. raping and murdering their yeah. way all over everyone? And anyway, those are the great great grandfathers of all of our current rape and murder clubs. Ah, <laughs> indeed. Um, so. <clears throat> So he shows up. Do you think we lost a listener? Do you think somebody was just like, that was pretty political? Do you think that happened just now? Don't care. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) we got to be true to ourselves, Aaron. You're right. So she ducks behind a screen because she panics and she's like, I shouldn't be in here getting a a man drink. (laughs) Right. A bourbon. And she feels like he knows that she's there because he sees her like half empty glass Mm -hmm. in there. And he knows that's not one of the staff and he knows it's not him. So like clearly she's behind a sofa or something, but he can't really do much about it. So there you go. So she hears all about the murder. She hears all about the um, that they said his name, that they saw a masked figure that looks exactly like him running away. Mm -hmm. She hears all of this. She also sees a coin that the murderer left in the empty eye socket of Sir Percival that ends up being the West Moon Club coin. And then she figures out that he was the man in the alleyway. And she's like, that man in the alleyway that I thought about sexually for so long, is this man who I That I touched myself to? Yeah. And she's like, oh, dear. Okay. But then she's also like, is he a murderer? Because that sounds very incriminating. 
yeah should i run now probs yeah. i'm not gonna though because i'm, I'm dumb and she yeah. actually says that she's yeah, like she's i'm like, an idiot I'm this is nuts <laughs> yeah but here i am i just know he's not like in her bones she knows mm-hmm. that he's innocent and also inextricably linked you guys he doesn't have an alibi because this happened during the time where he was brooding in the greenhouse earlier. So. And he refuses to even attempt an alibi. He's just like, no. Yeah, he's not going to lie because he's got integrity. He's he nice. does. He has so much, too much sometimes. Next thing that happens is Archer goes and sees an old dude named Leland. He sneaks yeah. into his house. Um, you think, as the reader, you're like, oh, he's about to do another murder. Murders. Me, as the reader, I was like, oh, he's a murderer, but he's doing it for reasons. I was pretty sure of that at the time. Yeah, I was like, sexy murder monster. I like a murder. (laughs) I do, too. So he, yeah, I contain multitudes, everyone. You hack into the NSA, I'm done with you. You murder a few people for reasons, I'm all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you got reasons? (laughs) All right. But really... He just kind of like sneaks into this guy's window, wakes up this old dude. They chat a little bit about his deformity, how to fix it, how it's a terrible idea that he's married. But it's all very cryptic because, again, she's a master of show, don't tell. Just a master. So they, they're they like, ooh, you should not have married her. It's a bad idea. You're sucking her into all this danger and it's terrible. And then they talk about who might be mad that he's back now in England. Leland says that Rossberry is the one that's probably the most mad about it. And at the end of the conversation, he's like, hey, we need to be invited to some parties so that Miranda can be introduced into society. Yeah, he's not going to have her be a, a recluse and, and be punished just because like he's a, an oddity. Yeah. So they go to a party and the whole time Miranda's like, ugh, dumb. Why are we doing this? We're right. just giving them an opportunity to shun you even more. Why are we doing this? And right. he's like, because, my dear, I want to show off my beautiful bride or whatever. But everybody's staring at him because he's uh, crazy looking. And they see yeah. a group of old men who are definitely like, I'm looking at him. And she's like, do you know those men? Should we avoid them? And he's like, what? And then I look like I'm scared of them. No, we're going to go right up to these guys who don't like me. So it's a bunch of old men. They make some like cryptic remarks and jokes back and forth. Eventually, they explain to Miranda that they're part of a botany group together, which sounds uh-huh. pretty fishy. It sounds like a rape and murder club. Yeah, it's definitely a murder club. Uh, they're making <laughs> roses. Rossbury, the one that is upset that he's back, according to Leland, he shows up, introduces everybody to his son, McKinnon. They show up and talk to them. Rossbury's a total asshole. It's pretty clear at this point to me that Rossbury and his son are werewolves. With the with the canines and yeah, the nonsense. And yeah. Uh, they talk about um, how he smiles and his sharp canines. Are yeah, a lot of canines you. going on. Somebody says that, I think it's actually Archer, says something to the effect of like, somebody needs to shut you up. Maybe a muzzle would be appropriate. Uh-huh. Ha ha ha. Oh, and P.S. I am definitely reading book two, Moonlight, which is about McKinnon. <sighs> sexy Sherlock Holmes times werewolf, Aaron. Oh, yeah. I got a big old crush on McKinnon, which you shouldn't uh-huh. have because he no. is not. It's not a good look. He's a dastardly dude. He's terrible. Book. <laughs> but I, yeah, I got a big old crush on him. They're Scottish, which helps. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and then they mentioned Marvell, right? Yeah. So they also say something about what Archer did to Marvel or Marvell. Like that's something that's like a thing mm-hmm. that is mentioned notably okay so then miranda is the belle of the ball everybody wants to dance with her pretty face archer doesn't dance so she's stuck dancing with everyone there yeah she only wants to dance with him 
but mm-hmm. and then she finally has to go because somebody steps on her foot and she's like you fucking dandy and gets out yeah. of there <laughs> uh her feet hurt she goes to look up archer and she sees him go into a room with leland and everybody else leland mm-hmm. like gives her a look that's like out here woman you stay yeah <laughs> and then only only secret botanist old men in here lady mm-hmm. And then she gets approached by this woman who's wearing yeah. a ton of makeup. Lots of makeup. Introduces herself as Victoria. Very beautiful. So she's like, she's yes. super pretty. Why is she wearing so much makeup? Does she have a skin condition? What's her deal? I'm full on definitely a vampire. I'm like, yep, vampire. Oh. Got it. I've seen how much makeup they wear on True Blood. I am 100% in for Victoria as a vampire. Uh, spoiler alert i'm super wrong like i'm very wrong yeah mm-hmm. that's one of the things i loved about this book because while it was paranormal it wasn't any of the obvious versions of yeah. paranormal except for werewolves except for the werewolf yeah but that that never like but he's that's yeah. a non-plot that's a non it's like a couple of things they're just dropping hints drop. for book two yeah. yeah so she says her name is victoria she says she's a cousin of archers she says she has his name victoria archer calls him benjamin Mm-hmm. she just kind of chats her up a little bit and is like, oh, we're, you're my cousin-in-law or whatever. The boys adjourn, and then one yeah. of the guys, Chet, Chetham, whatever his name is, one of the guys from the society group comes out and um, asks her to dance. He's like, right. he sort of looks pale and, and worried, mm-hmm. but he asks Victoria to dance and they, they go off. So then Archer comes up to her side and he's like, hey, what's going on? She was like, oh, I met your cousin, Victoria. He was like, not yeah, cousin, he's real mad. bad lady, don't engage. Yeah. Never <laughs> speak to her again. Yeah. And she's very like, well, that's a hell of a order to never speak to her again. He's like, we're not family. She's not a good person. She's very dangerous. Do not speak to her. Like, she's mm-hmm. lying to you. That's not her name. Don't, don't get in there. I think my favorite part of that is that she was like, well, that was a very, um, that was a very pretty way to dress up in order. Yeah. <laughs> like a mm-hmm. command. Because <laughs> right. it was like, I would very much appreciate it if you never spoke to her again. <laughs> yes. So then she loses him again. Uh, and she goes to track him down. So she's going up and down the halls of this guy's mansion. And she decides to go into his private rooms. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and she hears Archer talking to somebody. So she's kind of like approaching, but she doesn't really want to eavesdrop. But then she hears the voice of a female call him beloved. She hears her call him her beloved. And she's like, she literally is like, fuck politeness. Uh, Right. (laughs) I'm going to stand here. This is officially my fucking business. I don't care much about privacy in this moment. I'm going to stand right fucking here. So... It's Victoria, and he says something like, why are you going around presenting yourself to be named Victoria? And she's like, oh, I thought you liked that name. I thought you liked moaning it. Oh, no, I know what it was. He, She calls him Benjamin. Ben, she and calls he's him like, Benji. Yeah. And he says, don't call don't me that. Don't call me that. And she goes, and she's like, you used to love it when I said uh-huh. that. In fact, you loved it when I moaned it. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's and real then, pissed. And she's like walking around. He's standing stock still, totally tense, not having a great time. She's mm-hmm. stalking around him, touching him and really needling him in this like seductress sort of way. Right. And she starts saying that like, oh, are you afraid that your that your pretty little wife is going to be terrified if you bed her and she sees you for the first time? And mm-hmm. like she says all these awful things. She sees that, what a monster you are. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. And so, and so Miranda runs off because he realizes that she's there. 
Right. And Victoria is like, yeah, that was all for Miranda's benefit because I just I'm feel like bitch. stirring the pot. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's totally gross. He then fucks off and goes to find Miranda to try to to smooth things over. Right. Finds her out in the courtyard and they see the body of Lord Cheltenham. Cheltenham. Uh-huh. Another old dude botanist. That's all you yeah. have to know. Yeah. And he has his tongue cut out and there's a coin yeah. in his eye. So first there was an eyeball. Now there is a tongue. Well, and and just FYI, yeah. she, he crushes her to him and they do a long hug that I found um, comforting and erotic. <laughs> <laughs> I have no memory of this hug, but I'm really glad it worked for you. Well, because he's like, don't look like just just be here in my strong bosom. And she's like, that's exactly where I want to be in her brain. Oh, not okay. even in her brain, in my brain. That's well, how it happened. Okay, to be fair, the, <laughs> this this the end of this chapter and the beginning or the next like two chapters were in that uh, two to three hour period on Sunday where we believed we were recording Sunday afternoon. And I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> We've got 20 <laughs> chapters to go. So I was like, blah, 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 da, da, hug. Oh, no. da, da, da. So and then we slowed it down and then I got an extra day. So then I, I slowed down <laughs> my reading a little bit. Yikes. Because uh, I didn't have four weeks to read this book. So I right. did it on the day before we recorded. Dumbass. Uh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So especially since this is such a good book. Meanwhile, I've read it twice and uh-huh. I enjoyed it thoroughly both times. I would have done read it tra- twice if I had the, you know, <laughs> brains. <laughs> okay. So the next scene I loved because Miranda <laughs> goes to her sister Poppy's bookstore. <laughs> The next scene I found completely pointless because Miranda <laughs> goes to her sister's bookstore. I was just like, "What? Why are we talking about this? Like, what would you? We could have completely skipped chapter eleven, and the same, no. all the same things would have no, happened." No, because sisterhood, Aaron. Uh-huh. Honestly, okay. I'll just let you take this chapter. Then, <laughs> you know what? It's not. It's just something that I think that people should read. Because the sisters do this really awesome needling. The sisters have very distinct and almost opposed personalities that come out in really awesome ways. And the sisters are the heroines in the next two books. So I think that this was a setup. Is Poppy? Mm-hmm. Well, one of them is. Well, yeah, Daisy is. Daisy is. In, in, the, in Moonlight. Yeah. yeah. Daisy and then the next one is married Poppy. To this. Poppy's already married. I wonder how that works. It works because it's, it's a married, married romance. Married romance. Yeah. Married romance. <laughs> I love okay. that you of all people are like, how does that even work? <laughs> That's your favorite thing. I can't. Okay. Well, now I'm reading the whole series. Good to know. Like, I just looked at you dumbstruck. <laughs> it's a married romance. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, Erin. Okay. True. So basically they do a bunch of um they try to find out what the west moon club is it is not on any record to date nobody has a fucking clue and you get a lovely little look into their sister lives Mm -hmm. and that's all All so then miranda follows archer the next time right yeah so she's trying to she's She's decided she's going to be miranda ellis archer super spy She's wearing a little mustache. No, she's not. Yeah, she is. <laughs> in this scene. So um, she gets a coat. She's following him. And then she loses him in traffic. And she's like, oh, shit, I lost him. And then the what's the coach person? Coachman. John Co- Coachman. Footman? Okay. John sure. Coachman. Yeah, that's. Okay. Yeah. John Coachman. Um, you better give him a name. He is a victim. Oh, R.I.P. John Coachman. <laughs> you better remember his name. <laughs> Otherwise, okay. right. you're just I'm glorifying sorry. the killer, Aaron. 
I honestly. Didn't, I didn't remember his name until he was dead. And then I was like, <laughs> that must have been a person. I'm not going back. So <laughs> she's like, I've lost him in traffic. And he's like, well, Archer goes to the museum every Wednesday afternoon. So he's probably going to the museum. And he's like, why didn't you ask me? And she's like, well, I, the, the spying. No, she's like, why didn't you tell me that? Yeah, and he was like, like, you didn't, didn't ask, ask me that. <laughs> So um, she goes to the museum. She finds him in the Red Salon. Don't know what that is. Uh, some kind of exhibit. He says he 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 realizes she's there because she, yeah, he can he feel says, her presence and smell Although her. Although that dress is delectable, it is hardly inconspicuous. And she's like, <gasps> Melody said and that I line from too. memory just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so he sensed her presence. They talk a little bit. He goes to the museum because it reminds him of his, his mother and his family. Um, so what he does is he pays the museum people to clear out the top two floors so they can roam around and not have to deal with people no. gawking at his... No, that's not true. They spend the whole day together and then he pays for more hours. Oh, I thought it was like yeah, so they could have no. privacy. Well, okay. Same kind no, of thing. No, because the whole thing, it's not... Because the whole thing is she spends <laughs> she spends the whole day realizing like how much a day in public is taxing on him and how many stares he gets and how much how much of a production it is for the poor guy. And she her heart melts even more for him. And then they pay to get some extra hours and then they, they get some private time. All right. And so there's some stairwell nonsense. That's, uh, you know what? Here's the other thing. Although this book, I think the way that I described it to you is that, um, when I was trying to coax you into reading it, not 24 hours before. Sure, sure, I was sure, like, sure, sure. I was like, it has, I think the most cinematic ending I've ever read you did in a book. That. It's got a lot of cinematic everything in it. Yes. This is one of those moments, however, where it is not at all cinematic. It was really hot on the page. But can you imagine attempting to watch two actors just tongue each other but not kiss? I I did not. Okay, it first of all, we're not there yet. Hot. Sorry. So Sorry. they talk. She flat out is like, "Are you a murderer?" Oh, yeah. He's flat Sorry. out like, "No." So they're already they're talking about murdery stuff. Oh, oh he and takes off his mask. I know, I know, I know. But wait, wait, wait. Okay. So and that's also when she's like. She's like, if you just tell me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe you. And he's mm -hmm. like, why would you do that? I trust is so easily broken. And she's like, maybe it'll be, it'll be harder to break if it's given freely. Mm. Melody knows all these lines from heart clearly. <laughs> she's just <laughs> reciting them out of nowhere. So he takes off the hard mask, and then the all that's left is like the the silk mask. He's got it's kind of like a piece mask. of half half mm. piece of silk over his face so she can now see his whole mouth his full lips his that he has a strong, strong jaw cleft mm -hmm. chin uh he's he's got italian olivey skin mm. beautiful eyes um so then they engage in a makeout that is hot tongues only only tongues only they just sort of like <laughs> just... explore and it, i mean i i got a little hot under the collar but attempting to like visualize it i was like oh this just looks like a like a like a high school like a bad high school movie spoof yeah you know what i mean I where mean, they're like bleh, bleh, bleh. i read it's it not like that at all no i read it and i was cool with it i was down for it i was, I was everything so hot. Uh -huh. and then later like a few scenes later a scene later 
Mm. She says something about how, like, that was great up there in the museum, but she would really like to kiss him on the lips instead of just tongues. And I was like, (laughs) and so I like, I rewinded it and I went back and you know how much I hate going back. I won't go back for anything. I won't go back to figure out who the fuck John Coachman is. Nope. And I was like, tongues only. And I went back and I read it again and I was like, tongues only, I guess. Tongues only, yeah. Yeah, they just like dipped in or they they would each put their tongues tentatively out and like slide against each other. And she was waiting for him. She's like holding onto her skirts desperately trying to keep control of herself. And he's just never, ever making full contact with her lips. And it's all she wants. She just wants him to press him, press her to him and make out with her face. But instead, they do this this like elongated exploring situation. It's crazy it, weird. It blows yeah, my mind so that this hot. author was able to make that work. Like that, I know. It honestly, the blows talent. my mind. Yeah, the talent. So, um, they so do then their he weird does, tongue only. He does. And you know what's press, crazy? Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Go is ahead. that it's the killer crazy. was watching this the whole time? And you can mm-hmm. like, here's what I imagined: is the killer just like the killer's <laughs> face, just being like. Huh? Like, <laughs> all right. I'll guess. I guess I'll do my killing thing. But like, yeah. Like, do are I they just interrupt licking each interlude? other's tongues? Like, I'm less into the killing than I want to do because I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> so That's what true. I was thinking about. So anyway, totally. the killer. Oh yeah. Because meanwhile, they're not touching each other at all. No, it's literally just, just their tongues, tongues touching. <laughs> It's so hot though. We, I don't okay, know how it was on that the hot. Facebook group on Geriatric yeah. Friend Cult Club. Could, yeah. Could we get could we like start a like some kind of a discussion of that? Like I want to know other people who read this book if they are as weirded out as I was. Because I was also it was, I was it not was weirded out. I was firmly not things. weirded out. I was both things <laughs> at the same time. I mean, you know what? Here's the here's the thing. I was not weirded out and I was astonished by the fact that I was right. not weirded out. Right. <laughs> okay, but also geriatric friendship cult is so fun because like did you see you saw the band um they started this whole thing yeah. and started chiming in about Keyboards. who they think you should bone in bands hard past hard past. hey you know what i just realized what i just remembered that michael was a classically trained pianist until the age of like 11 i remember that when i, was, I saw i so okay beard <laughs> science part two dropped today so i was yeah. listening to that uh earlier today uh to make sure that i didn't sound like an idiot Every time I listen and I confirm, yes, it did sound like an idiot. No. <laughs> but so I was listening to it and I was like, wait, Melody's with a musician. Michael is like a very serious pianist. But he, was. Okay, he was. Yeah. I have never watched him play because he took um, he took second like twice when he thought he should have won and like everybody thought he should have won. And so he was just like, I'm done with this. And true to Michael's style... He walked away and never returned. He's the like, never touched of piano. Never touched a piano again. Um, and I've been like, can you just play me some chopsticks? Just prove it to me, like anything. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. I've got the trophies to prove it. <laughs> you Jesus. <fucker. laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So, okay. So then, they're, so they're tonguing, right? And they're literally just tonguing. And, and then all, of, all sudden, of a sudden, soft he thud. pulls, no, oh. no, he pulls her to him uh-huh. and pulls her out of the way. And she's like, I don't know what's going on because I like this, but I don't know why he's doing it because it's uh-huh. not also not erotic. And then there's a soft thud and she looks over and where her back used to be is now a knife in the marble wall. 
and there's a cackle from down in the stairwell. <laughs> and then Archer's like, stay here. I'm a go. And he jumps down the, he jumps the thing down instead of going down the stairs. Floors of stairs in the middle. You know how it's like and the lands. stairs in the swirly gig? He yep. goes down the center of the swirly gig of the stairs. Yeah. And he just this lands is why like a I jaguar. should write books. And then in <laughs> yeah. the swirly gig. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps in the middle of it. Yeah, get it, everyone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, lands like a jaguar. Yeah. And he takes wait, the fuck but off. At first, he's like, Miranda, yeah, stay here. Don't yeah, move. And oh, I didn't hear that. I was too and busy. And she's like, being like, yeah, no fucking way ever. Yeah. And she promptly pulls up her skirts too high for propriety's sake mm-hmm. and runs down the stairs after him. Yeah. And she need only follow the 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 crazy onlookers to find him right <laughs> and she goes into this alleyway and he is just trading blows with this other masked tyrant so fast are the blows that is so like a fast. blur and i'm like motherfucking vampires it's vampires oh. i know a vampire when i see one and that's what's yes, going you do, on Aaron. here we got two you vampires don't. one has a vampire affliction yeah, um but sort we've of, got some kind of vampire sort of disease heavy thing yeah 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 <laughs> some sort totally. of happy <laughs> so <laughs> hashtag true so, blood <laughs> um so uh archer goes down and miranda's like not my archer and so she not takes when her, i have a parasol in my hand she takes her parasol and she's like <laughs> waggling it up to the thing and the person no, she she opens it in the yeah, yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah. and he stabs into it and then Stab- she closes and then she closes it, it takes the knife away yeah and then she punches him right Oh, yeah. She punches the killer so. straight in the face. And the killer is like, ah, my face. And I think runs away. I don't know what happens. No, then. no. Archer then, Archer then Ar- recovers Archer finishes and punches him. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it's, and it's then, fucking on. It is so fucking that. on. Because it's like what car we chase learned. time, guys. They've uh-huh. just been in a car chase. Girls yep, the car chase shit. went straight to her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> so he's pissed at her like they always so are because he's like, him. I told you to stay there. And she's like, I saved your life. And he's like, I saved your life one time, too. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. give everybody a right to not do the thing that people ask him to do. And so he pins her up against the. Oh, no. And then he, no, and then he says, do you want me to show you what happens to you? What happens to women in alleyways? And uh. she's like, I don't not want you to show me. <laughs> <laughs> so he pins her against the brick wall. Like her she's face facing the wall. the wall and she's crushing yeah. her boobs on it. And it's it's a, it's a wet, it's a wet, foggy London evening. And so, oh. so the, the freezing water is seeping into her bosom and onto her pert nipples. Yeah. Everybody. And he's like smooching and up on her neck and then he takes mm-hmm. his hands and he runs them up her legs and then he like grabs mm-hmm. her ass. He starts, oh, it's and he, so yeah, good. Yeah. So good. And, and, he then, like, and then he starts inching around front and she's like, Archer, oh, stop. But she doesn't mean it. And he no. knows that. And he like finger and bangs then, her like just a little. Uh-huh. Like and then, just a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. But then he's like, faster and she's like yes and he's like harder and she's like oh and then <laughs> and then she comes like a freight train uh-huh, uh-huh and again i don't know how she didn't spontaneously burst into flames i just wanted to say a detail right here that i just yeah. think everyone listening should know if they have not read this book or uh aren't, aren't planning on it because i know there are mm-hmm. listeners that don't and won't read romance novels ever He's wearing leather gloves this whole time no one of them came off yeah but like when he's grabbing on her ass Oh, yeah. He's got one bare hand and one leather hand. And she's like, I don't hate either of these things. Yeah. 
I was like, the the leather Couple hand of different was like sensations. Yeah, mm-hmm. curiously working for me. I don't know oh, what I was curiously? like. Well, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't walk around all day and be like, that guy's pretty hot. But if he was wearing some leather gloves, like that doesn't occur. You to don't me. look at David and say, "Hey, David, leave your driving gloves on." Don't bring my personal <laughs> life into this. I don't even know if David wears driving gloves. I just imagine that he might because he hunts bears in race cars. <laughs> You wear driving gloves for motorcycles. That makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. He's not a golfer. I just want to be clear on that. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> not that there's anything Take wrong with golfers. No, I'll <laughs> when say he said it. driving gloves, I, like I thought of golfing, and I was like, what? Driving gloves? That was the one thing in um in Bachelorette that I was just like, I'm sorry, Bachelor, where I was just like, oh! <laughs> when oh yeah, was like, when What's-Her-Name's family was like, are you a golfer? And then they were like, oh, he's not. I know. And then that like the last night he was like, I bet your dad could even like talk me into golfing. And she was like, I bet I could talk you into golfing. Oh, God. uh, Golfing. I just here's Um, here's why I corrected myself is there is a golfer listening who is a good friend of mine who I also dated. And I don't a long, long time ago. And I mm. I am dreading the text where he's like, oh, so <laughs> golfers suck now. Like, this is where you are. So I don't, I don't, I'm a little bit wary of it. You might even ask you to cut it. To men <laughs> who like, hunt bears in race cars. Don't say that. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> okay. 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 So after he's done grabbing up on her butt and they're done, she comes, she's done. He's like all staggery. They get into a carriage. And she realizes yeah. he's bleeding profusely. He's been bleeding the whole he time. He has done been stabbed this whole time. Like he's a been big slashed. stab. It's, it's a, a big stab. It's, it's a, a big stab. <laughs> it's a big slash. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to edit that, but I love it. Um, so... She's like, oh my gosh, you're losing so much blood. You're going to die. And you took all that time in that alleyway to sex me up good while you were bleeding profusely. Yeah, like, she she goes, what were you thinking? And he goes, I'd rather think we know what I was thinking. <laughs> I feel like you are biased because you you like this book. Because I know for a fact Melody Carlyle is not down for a torso wound during sex. Because we no, spent an hour and a half not, talking about how okay. she's not in episode why, whatever. No, you want to know? No, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it. I didn't like that in the Helen K. Diamond book because she was, the first time she was sitting up on him. Oh, God. The we can't do time, this again. We no, can't do it you. again. The second time, he picked her up against a wall. Yeah. There is no load-bearing situation in this one. He just presses up on her and gives her a little... <laughs> a little uh, rude dj action you know what i'm saying <laughs> so swirl there's <laughs> the swirl i don't know yeah he didn't like pick her up and toss her over his head and fuck her senseless there was no thrusting action for him and she was not thrusting upon him although there was a really great yeah, moment she was where she definitely grinding her back backward on and him puts yeah. her little butt right up on him mm-hmm. and he did not hate that either Mm-mm. anyway no so first of all also he's not fully human. So I'm going to give him the pass. But this is on his human side. Yeah, sure. Not fully human. His human side also went three flights of stairs down. I guess. So they're in the carriage. And, yes. And she realizes that he had 
then step. Well, right. So then she at home, she's like, no, I'm going to take care of this at home. Like you're, you're going to let me do this for you. Yeah. He doesn't want her to tend to his wounds. Mm -mm. And so they go up to his rooms and she's like, Archer's rooms. And she lays him down and she's like, why do you have all of this? Like, why do you have all of this medical equipment and everything? Because he's like telling her to get scalpels and sutures and all the things. Right. And he's like, well, I trained as a medical doctor. I trained as a surgeon before anything else. And uh, yeah, so that's why I have it. Mm -hmm. And oh, man, she starts feeling like really protective over him. Mm -hmm. It's nice because there's this sharing that they do about like their their past and stuff. But it's also peppered with her stitching him up and like giving him drugs. And he's he's taking that old timey drug. What's what is it? Laudanum. Yeah, and he's just like taking swigs of that, and she's like, "You're gonna die," and he's like, "I'm not totally human." <laughs> yeah, I know, I know the dose for me. Yeah, but she tells him about the warehouse fire. It's kind of like a half truth because she basically is like, "Oh, I was playing with matches." Yeah, you know, sort of thing. And yeah, he, but she does. She confides in him that it was her fault, right? And he tells her about his sisters. Um, he says that the thing that the guys were talking about, where he beat up the guy Marvel, Marvel was because that he tried to steal a smooch from his sister. Then he beat the shit out of that guy and he had to flee to America and lay low for a while. But then the flu came while he was in America and killed off all his sisters and his mother. And he got back in time for his twin sister, Elizabeth, to die in his arms. Mm. It's very sad. So it's kind of nice they do this sharing thing. Miranda wants to see him without his mask. He says no. He tells her he wanted to marry her because he realized from that meeting in the alleyway three years ago that she feared nothing. And now he feels really selfish that he sucked her into everything. And so she's like, you know, find a house somewhere. I'll get it for you. I'll get you all set up. We'll Mm -hmm. get an annulment. I'll be good to you. But like, you shouldn't be with me anymore. And she tells him about Martin, the guy that she was fencing with that night. They were actually betrothed a while later. And he left her at the altar. Yeah, we know that he found out about her ability to control fire or create fire Mm -hmm. and he got really scared and and fucked off right but he doesn't know that he just knows that he left her at the altar but then she does tell him that the one thing that she also felt in the alleyway is that he was also a person who wouldn't be afraid of her right and that's the other reason that she ended up marrying him Mm -hmm. it's fine martin gets his he dies at sea it's cool it's good he dies in the pirate situation and then they both promise not to leave each other yeah it's very sweet so then miranda's hanging out with her sisters they're shopping and they're at a shopping dress store and victoria walks in and miranda's like oh that's victoria archer that's archer's non-cousin that was like really weird to me at the ball and they're like uh that's not archer's cousin that's archer's ex-girlfriend he beat up this guy marvel over her and Mm -hmm. Miranda's like, well, I thought he beat up this guy Marvel over his sister. That's what he told me. And so now it's like, she said she's his cousin. He says she's not. They're clearly somebody who's, they've had sex before. Like, and then he's lying to her about, it's bad. There's no way out of this where he's not lying to her. So she decides just to ask Victoria what's going on. I felt this this was a very mature decision that I it was very awesome. much respected her for. She went up to Victoria and she's like, hey, let's have tea. Uh-huh. Ask Victoria to tea. So they went and put some some clotted cream on some scones and (laughs) (laughs) did British stuff together. They British together. Oh, also in this scene, Victoria is wearing a tiny top hat. 
in case anyone was wondering. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. One of those steampunk top hats. Steampunk. So anyway, Victoria's a total asshole. She's a, a heinous bitch. Um, she tells... She's real mean. Yeah, she's real mean to Miranda. She is she's, who I thought the opera singer was going to be. Right. In... In Nine Rules to Break. Yeah. yeah. So she basically is like, he loves me more. Um, he's going to come back to me. I've seen him without his mask on. Oh, he hasn't shown you what he looks like without his mask on? Hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful sight to yeah, behold. Yeah, maybe what he's uh what he maybe was what he's got on there is like super beautiful well i guess we'll never know also i call him benji what's up like it's a Mm -hmm. lot of that and she's very forward about how she does still love him and want him wants him back so that's a horrible day for miranda the lady gauntlet is thrown yeah um miranda then goes to see her friend billy miranda is now like I, I need to step up my investigation. Right. I need to figure out what the hell's going on because Archer's not going to help me. This bitch is obviously not going to help me. Right. Okay. I'm going to go see if my old friend Billy, who just FYI is one of the urchins who Archer chased off, who was going to like rape her in the street. Right. They became friends after a while because he cornered her again a little while later and she promptly set him on fire. And so once he <laughs> learned his boundaries. <laughs> I love it. He ends up being kind of a, a an okay guy. I mean, he's a flesh peddler and he's a a, yeah. a, a man of ill repute. But he also but he is carrying a big torch for Miranda. Yeah, and when <laughs> and she carried a big torch oh. right into him. <laughs> also, like when she needed to start stealing, he kind of taught her how to pickpocket and that kind yeah. of thing. So she goes to see him on like the bad side of town and she dresses like a man, even though that used to work a little better than it does now. The jig is sort of up at this point. Yeah. She asked Billy all about the West Moon Club. He doesn't know about it. She's not getting any answers here. But then she gets cornered by a guy named Black Tom, whose like area it is. And he's like, what are you doing in my area? Oh, you're a sexy lady. How about I try to rape you against this lamppost? And she's like, yeah, you got to pay the troll toll. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, huh? Uh, and then she incinerates him alive and uh, causes a big fireball. Yeah, because because Sherlock Holmes times England, mm-hmm. like everything is just kindling. Like everything kindling, just yeah. goes up in flames because everything's like old dry wood and gas lamps. Yeah, <laughs> gas lamps. So there's a huge crowd of uh, running people. A huge fire. She's basically getting trampled. Yeah, no one. Unless I skipped it because I'm, I was trying to read very fast. Did Billy get out of this alive? Yeah, Billy. She saw him get out. Okay, because yep. I, yeah. I was very like, no one gives a fuck whether Billy lived. Apparently, anyway. No, no, he definitely <laughs> gets away. And then she also gets word from him later that he doesn't know anything about the West Moon Club. Okay, cause, so go ahead and skip my note. No one gives a shit if Billy lived through this. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then, in Aaron this- didn't give a shit. <laughs> I looked for it and then I was like, well, I'm not spending any more time on this. So in the chaos, McKinnon, Ian McKinnon, McKinnon grabs her, the younger werewolf from the party, Uh uh, grabs her, pulls her out. And he's like, so turns out you can create fire with your mind, I noticed. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you uh, parlor trick. And he's like, you're down here because you want to protect Archer because you do anything to protect Archer. And she's like, yeah, basically. And he's like, would you do? Anything. anything yeah and he's like also blackmail yeah so well, and also they're having this whole conversation with him pressed up against her on a mm-hmm. wall yeah it's gross like not sexy Mm-mm. not hot Mm-mm. no really really gross unless you're a little bit into that guy which i am <laughs> 
which apparently Aaron is uh, all about. Okay. Uh, so Archer, meanwhile, is going to go find a guy named Yeah, Dover. so on the same night. Yeah. Archer is... He's looking for that ring. The thing that he thought was at the bottom of the ocean after Ellis hit his ship. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the sailor bar to try to find um, the first mate of this... Uh, or like the captain underneath Ellis of the right. ship find him they have a whole chat this guy has been working for rossberry or was working for rossberry the mm-hmm. whole time and rossberry was just like trying to fuck him over yeah the ring didn't go down with the ship yeah they had the ring and they pawned it off to somebody they said he lost it in a bet right so meanwhile they were like oh by the way we knew you were coming and we're having you kidnapped surprise and then like right. a bag goes over Archer's head and he's dragged off and the ale that they gave him was drugged because there's no way they yeah, would have yeah, been yeah. able to overpower yeah. him otherwise but still it takes like four guys to carry him yeah it's really heavy and he comes to strength in like five minutes because he's a some kind of super yeah and they're going to throw him into an incinerator right an old-timey like coal incinerator yep and he promptly sees red goes to defend himself and murders them all murder lights sort of accidentally so he's coming home from his mass murder <sighs> and she is in her bed crying over her one murder right and, i mean other people probably died in that fire yeah Let's just be i just thought it was really sweet that like they both like just murdered all night and they just both came home and he he hears her crying and then he goes into her bed and they just kind of lay together well he asks her if if she's okay and she's like yes like i'm okay if like can you no it's stupid and he's mm-hmm. like no what 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 do you need and she's like will you stay with me will you just lay like, with yes. me for a little bit yeah mm-hmm. and um she tells him about how she was a thief he already knew that but then he realizes that he loves her he but loves like her. i just i just loved that neither of them are like yeah i had a real hard day of murdering you know no but that's what both of them were going through in the moment and they were still able they were able to share that comfort with each other okay so next day archer is go goes out leaves the house for a while and And mckinnon stops by yeah just happens upon the house while archer is gone he wants to do this back and forth where he gets to ask her a question about controlling fires with her mind and she gets to ask him a question about the west moon club he's also hitting on her pretty hard during this conversation uh there's a lot of like yeah and he's making it clear that like although he gave errors otherwise like he would never want to take a woman without her her consent yeah i mean he was just joking around about about rapes earlier but like right, he was a he strongly wants joke. her to consent to this. <laughs> like, yeah. He's very like leaning into this. He would like her to come around. So he tells her that the West Moon Club, of which all the old dudes in Archer were members, was a club of scientists searching for immortality, and eventually it was Archer that drew the short straw and tried out like whatever the thing was, the elixir, the whatever. Yeah. And he tried it out and instead of becoming immortal, he was really deformed. Or he did become immortal and the problem is he's also deformed something he he doesn't know but like that's the situation so archer comes home and he sees him there and is real pissed about it because he was there clearly and he does like this show of like mckinnon does this show of like kissing her hand and being like i was here without you and i'm hitting on your wife oh he's like really playing up fixing his clothes yeah as if he's putting them back on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so archer's pissed so he fucks off to his greenhouse and the staff helps miranda she goes to find him to find him there and boy howdy (sighs) (laughs) 
boy. This howdy. was a real good one. Oh, man. She's like, you have nothing to be jealous of. Mm-hmm. And she like crowds him. And he's like, I have work to do. You need to get away from me. Yeah. She's like, I don't think flower that- work to do. Come on now. Flowers. You were you have $70 million. Like, shut up about your work to do. Yeah. So she like goes up right behind him and she's like breathing in his scent and all the things. Ah, it's mm-hmm. so good. And they basically talk about how they didn't make out before. They just did tongue stuff. What? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, they do make out. So he's oh, like, she's God. like, what's your deal? Like, why are you holding back? Are you trying to like deprive yourself? And he's like, no, it wasn't about deprivation. It was about preservation. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to hurt her. And then he just like, he goes in there for a kiss and it is good. He like, knocks all this shit off his marble table like all the plants and all that go flying and he like puts her up there ugh, puts her on that table and, and then he's grabbing so the good. edge yeah and he literally gets so excited that he breaks the marble top table in half and pulls a piece off in his hand guys breaks the marble table that's how sexy I mean, he is so breaks the table the power of his excellence ugh. breaks tables mm. and she looks down and realizes that there are scorch marks on the table because yeah. she has actually started fires mm-hmm. and or like you know she's gotten so overheated sex fires <laughs> and and so of course both of them think that they did both things right. he's like i broke the table and somehow set it on fire and she's mm-hmm. like i set the fire the table on fire and also broke it and so <laughs> like, she just runs off super embarrassed yeah, because she's mortified and he thinks she runs off in fear like it's just a big yes. old misunderstanding and a misunderstanding that i thought was pretty fair usually these misunderstandings i'm like uh but I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So then Archer noticed in the library that McKinnon was wearing his fucking ring. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to work off this frustration by going to get that ring from McKinnon. So he goes into McKinnon's house, but he has to wait down in his library because McKinnon is fucking oh, right. lady. <laughs> yeah, he up went in and picked up a lady that looks <laughs> just like Miranda because he had to a bone Miranda out with somebody. In. Yep. <laughs> had to bang it out with some redhead so good so he sees that that girl just like walk out and he's like oh, okay and then um he just kicks the shit out of mckinnon which is kind of satisfying oh yeah 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 they have a, a real knockdown drag out fight because werewolves and uh not vampires right. are extra strong but at this point again i'm still all in for vampire i'm like that's definitely what's sure. going on here <laughs> Um, okay, so then he explains, so he takes the ring, there's this inner monologue where he explains the origins of the ring, it doesn't super matter, but his mom gave a moon ring to his twin sister, because she was born at night, and a sun ring to him, because she was, he was born in the day. He gave the moon ring to Miranda for her engagement ring, and this here is the sun ring. So he opens it up, there's a little secret compartment in there, and there's a little message from some guy that worked with him and like went to Egypt to go find the cure for whatever it is, the thing that he has. And he knows that there's a secret message with the cure in this ring, but the secret message is not a cure. It's a solution. Who knows what that means? Not Nobody, us. Not us. <laughs> so he's pretty disappointed. <laughs> we're very intrigued. And he is very disappointed. Right. So then we, we clip to some investigators that are looking at a murder that was on Archer's property. Another old dude. This time it's Merriweather. They're just dropping like flies, these old dudes. Yeah. These old botanists. Mm-hmm. These West Moon <laughs> Club botanists. Uh, so his ears are cut off. So now we've got 
AI, a tongue, no hero. and an ear. Yeah. See what no was evil. that? Eno, hear no. no. Eo, beer, no. I said, see no hero. I don't know why. And see no hero? See no evil. Hear no evil. Speak no evil. Don't go. worry, guys. I got it. I'm better at doing it in monkey emojis. <laughs> so there's a masquerade <laughs> ball, which always happens in Sherlock Holmes times. Yeah. Um, there's a masquerade. She goes as the moon. He goes as the night. He just wears his normal outfit. He's like the guy who goes out and has his cell for like Halloween. That's mm-hmm. him. McKinnon dances with her. Uh, and he tells her that his father is volatile and he's not right in the head and that he wants and Archer he's after dead. Archer. Yeah. Yeah. His dad being Rosdale, the other werewolf. Rosdale? Rosberry. 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 I definitely wrote Rosdale in my note. <laughs> yeah. So Rosberry corners her after that because he saw his son dancing with her. And he's basically like, what did my son tell you? Did my son tell you like anything bad about me? Or like, what's the deal? <laughs> She's just like, I'm not talking to you about that. So mm-hmm. she gets away from him. And then like, I think it's is somebody a like lady says hey if you want you know i noticed that your hair is coming undone you can go upstairs yeah because he uh, he super shook her yeah and her pins came out so she was like i don't want to go to the ladies room because everybody will think that archer shook me Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to to make him look like a wife beater as well so she uh goes up to their private rooms up the stairs archer at this point has been getting her some punch Right. And he hears this really eerie, like, Miranda from upstairs <laughs> and immediately goes to figure it out and, and get, like, in between her and whoever's making that sound. But she's fine. She's just wandering around upstairs. He I mean, she's scared. she's scared. She hears the same thing. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a, an eerie door opening. There's a bunch of shit. Yeah. And, um, and they hug. And she's like, ah, and he's like, we're going home. Yeah. She's like, excellent. So they go out to the coach and he puts her up in the coach and then all of a sudden the coach just takes off. With a cackle. Down the road. <laughs> yeah, the, the same killer cackle again. from the stairway. The masked Ooh. killer. And so yeah. the coach takes off and she's bouncing around in there. She wants to like incinerate the killer, but she can't do it from inside the coach. And then she sees Archer running just as fast as the coach is going. Yeah, and she's like, surely no human could do that. And then he leaps up onto the top of the coach. Fucking newsflash, Miranda. He's not a human. (laughs) Like, Miranda, like, what do you need? You've got a carnival mask. He's jumping down the swirly gig in the stairs. He's moving at lightning speed. Like, what do you want? Like, this guy. Oh, my God. When we read the swirly gig scene. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I used to be, um, uh, I used to have a regular D&D group. And it just really reminded me of this one encounter that we had because um, <laughs> there was this there was this guy he rolled a a one which is like a fatal error mm-hmm. in D anD D and he was like what happens to me <laughs> like he, you break both ankles <laughs> and everybody was like what because we were in the middle of the fight and he was our he was our like mauler guy anyway you know what ha- that happened on the bachelor one time. Did you know what? that? Yeah. <laughs> no. So <laughs> this was not shown, I don't think, on The Bachelor. But like, you know when, God, I hope that I get this right. You know when that girl Rosalind fell in love with one of the cameramen and Chris Harrison had to like pull her out and be like, we know you've been boning the crew oh, member. Yeah. Remember that? He jumped off the balcony, He jumped right? out of like a third story <laughs> window and broke both of his ankles trying to get away <laughs> when they caught them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's well, that's what happens to mere mortals, Miranda. <laughs> exactly. He's not human. <laughs> so anyway, he chases the coach down. He jumps on top of the coach. He fights the killer on top of the coach. And then they, they scum, scramble off onto the gravel. And then her, she, it's, it's like it, it runs away and she's thrown from the coach into the forest. And he's fighting the killer and the killer, you know, they're like evenly matched. And then the killer's like, on the new moon. Oh, her, they're, they're not evenly matched. The killer is far stronger. Okay. The killer and- is far stronger. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then the killer is like on the new moon come to the cavern and we're gonna finish this shit and then just cackles yeah. off into the night or else miranda gets it. or else dun, also dun, miranda dun. dies i didn't remember that part but like yeah and the then new he, moon. he squiggles his mustache a little bit like a yeah. sherlock holmes villain and would. cackles off into the night <laughs> yeah so then um Archer goes and finds Miranda, and she's totally fine. Well, she's stuck under the coach, and he lifts the entire coach off of her. Yeah. And it's so good. Don't worry. She's fine. Yeah. She's good to go. So Archer goes and talks to Leland. Turns out they were best friends growing up together. Super besties. So looks like they Archer. They were eating together. Yeah. So Leland's like 90. So it turns out Archer's probably like 90. Like it's not explicitly said, but like they went to college like, together. How but would like, they be yeah, at Exactly. <laughs> turns out Archer drank the potion that was supposed to make everybody immortal. And Leland was supposed to drink the potion, but he like saw what was going on with Archer when he chugged it down and he was like, fuck no. And he just took like yeah. a sip of it. And that's why he's 90 and super spry, but, like, he was supposed to, they were both supposed to drink it together. Um, so they look at the knife note, apparent, or the ring note, and, and it says where a special, super special knife is hidden. They go to this cavern, which to is find the, probably the, the same cavern that the killer met mm-hmm. when uh, they said to... No, it's definitely the same cavern. Yeah. They They talk about the old ritual, they talk about mm-hmm. how... She was attracted to the cavern because of the great power, mm-hmm. um, and it turns out it's this it's this sword yeah. because it's supposedly uh, forged in the river or the lake of of the Egyptian <laughs> the Egyptian lake of fire slash in druids. The underworld. Like every once in a while here, they're like, but maybe druids, and like that never <laughs> that never matters or comes back. Yeah. So they're like, hey, Archer, we're going to have to kill you with this sword so that we can. And it's basically a thing of like, they'll kill him, but then he won't lose his soul. And if they don't kill yes. him, he's going to lose his soul. So at this point, I'm like, are you a vampire? Because I'm like, not sure now. Because <laughs> what is this about? We have to stab you with a sword to save your soul. I don't understand. <laughs> well, and it was a I thought it was a really cool um, detail. Because he goes to grab the sword and like the side of his body that's changed. He talk he talks about the, his changed side mm-hmm. that is like shivering and it, it it's hating it and yeah. it doesn't want anything to do with the sword. But then his other side, his human side, is like relieved mm-hmm. when he grabs this sword. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. He gives it to Leland and he's like, "You keep this for like when it's time to murder me." Okay. Yeah. So they find out that at the ball. Yeah. John Coachman was murdered. And that's how the killer took the place of John Coachman, who is the coachman. It's easy to figure out who he is. He was (laughs) the coachman. Um, So he's murdered with Miranda. He had her cloak next to him. And her mask. Yeah, and her mask. They don't find that out until later, though. Right. But um, so the inspector comes back this time to question Miranda to be like, are you a murderer? But like everybody everybody knows she's not. He knows that. It's her sister-in-law. It's It's a sister-in-law. 
And so then they have a whole talk. She point blank is like, Archer, are you immortal? Because like, I heard you drank this potion. And he's like, Miranda, I am not immortal. Check out, this is a gravestone of my grandfather. Like, this is my grandfather's gravestone. He is not me. But like, Archer's a fucking liar. He's lying to Lying liar who lies. But he does get real mad, and he's like, I won't have you killed! I won't! Yeah, and, and that's just, like, I feel, like, off. pretty confusing for Miranda, because she's just like, I asked you a question, and, and that really <laughs> didn't have anything to do with Why it. Why are you yelling at yeah. me? Yeah, so she's like, I don't want to come to dinner. He's being real weird. He's taking me to gravestones that are relevant. Um, <laughs> and he gets a note from Leland that says, it can be done, L. Oh. And I'm like, Yeah. Like, didn't they figure that out beforehand? Like, well, d- I he had to con- he had to consult some texts. Aaron. Oh, I didn't realize he was consulting ancient texts. texts. I thought they were pretty yeah. sure it could be done earlier, so I was just like, I mean, what can were. be done, Leland? And then it turns out it's <laughs> the thing that they were already talking about. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he finds her. Oh. Uh huh. Playing backgammon alone, not sexy, but they make it sexy. Yep. They do. They start playing backgammon. They start talking about why they haven't sexed each other and how they've been pretty oh. good at avoiding each other's advances. Oh. You wanna you wanna take this one? Do I? <laughs> it seems like you do. But anyway, no, so, so they good. talk about like, all right, they're gonna do the sex. Because he well he decided he wants to do sex to her because like he realized she could die when she got thrown from that coach and that really freaked him out. But he doesn't want her to see any of his parts that are deformed so he's like i will come to you at midnight make yourself ready wash your vagina turn out all the lights no lights and we're gonna do sex (laughs) and she's like fine by me so she's ready to go at midnight she's like it's all dark in there he comes in he can see in the dark don't worry totally human fine and they start doing the sex and she can't stand it anymore she's like okay I know how to make this room super bright without lighting any lamps, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to see what his face looks like. So she makes the room all bright, and he freaks out and scurries into the corner. And now we get to see what Archer looks like. he is. She turns on the lights. He scurries into the corner like like an animal Mm -hmm. who's been caught, because he is. And that's when she sees that all the parts of him that are covered are like white, gleaming marble. Translucent. Yeah. Like glass almost. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a light demon. Yeah. A soul eater. A soul eater. So he drank this elixir thinking that he would become like a light angel and they would become immortal. But what actually happens is that he would need to feed off the light of souls mm-hmm. by cutting out people's hearts and ingesting them. Right. Yikes. Yeah. So, and once it permeates, it, like it's growing in his body, and once it permeates his heart, then it, he's got to eat the souls. But so right now it's permeated like half of his face and like part of his chest and like his ding dong, but like not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the proud link of his. <laughs> yeah, it's all erection. white and translucent, guys. Uh-huh. Um, so it turns out they're in love, and now they have lots of sex, and she's cool with it. They're so in love. Uh-huh. I I can't even tell you. I literally have four pages highlighted from this thing because also I am not super I'm not usually into like sobbing as a prelude to sex. Uh-huh. 
And somehow that worked it for me too. Yeah, here. he just starts crying, and she's because like, it's "She's cool. like, you have me. I'm in love with you. No matter what you look like, I want you. Even and I still want if you. you're like hungry for souls. Yeah, I want that translucent peen right up in. Me. Yeah, get it. Like, let's just do mm. this. And um, and he starts sobbing because he's so relieved. Mm-hmm. And he like falls into her bosom, and they fall onto the floor, mm-hmm. and he's like crying and crying, and she's comforting him. Yeah. And then she it is super on. Now it's on. And he pushes her down onto the floor, and he's like, "I'll try to be, um, I'll try to be gentle." Uh-uh. And she understands, and she's like, "I mean, I've done this before." Uh-huh. And he goes, "Not with me." Uh-huh. And uh, woo, dang. Well, me. and also he realizes her thing too that she can make fire because that happened. Yeah. And so like they're totally understanding so they're each other. To each they're other. like ready to go. And they make that harder, faster joke from before. They do oh, it all night because he's got lots of angel demon stamina now. So oh, he boy. can just keep going all the time. They do it so much that the sheets begin having actual steam coming off of them. So much and so well. Yeah. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. she is actually like, you know, combusting right. a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's they good. do it like 18 times yeah. in a matter of about... <laughs> Five hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, 12 hours. Yeah. She calls him Ben. It's nice. Yeah. So then the next okay. thing that happens is he gets a box that has Meriwether's ear in it. And there's a note in oh, there yeah. that's like, BTW, Archer, New Moon, Cavern. And he's like, I know. Like, you don't need to send me an <laughs> ear in the mail <laughs> to remind me. Like, I remember, but whatever. Um, the next thing that happens is she gets a box that ha- from McKinnon. And it's got a photo of Archer in 1815 in it. And he's a that young man. fucking liar. Now, I don't remember what year it is now, but it is a lot of years after that. And now she knows. <laughs> <It's> roughly 90. <laughs> that. Yes. Now she knows that he's immortal. And so she comes up to him again and is like, you're a mortal motherfucker. You didn't tell me. And she's like real mad. And he's like, I love you. And then they make up. Okay. Yeah. So she wakes up the next day to a note that just says, forgive me. And she's like, fuck, he's gone to confront the killer. And then she has this whole internal monologue of like, what's the killer? What's a light demon? How do we do this? How do I find him? How do I figure this out? And then she's like, who wears a lot of makeup because they might have a skin condition? Who is covering all her translucent light demon skin with foundation? Victoria the bitch. Who would be mad that we're married and that he's back in town and he's got a sexy redhead lady? Victoria the bitch. So, um... She's like, I got to go find Victoria. So she puts on her fencing clothes. She gets a gun. She gets a sword. She goes to Leland's house because she's like, Leland probably knows what's up. You always go to the BFF, Aaron. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So she like storms into his. So she's like, hey, butler, I need to talk she to Leland. She holds him at knife yeah. point. <laughs> the butler's like, Leland's not in at the moment. And she's like, fuck you. Goes into yeah. the house. Holds Leland up at knife point. The butler comes back up behind her and she just pulls a gun out with her other hand, points it at him, him. and she's like, I'm a good aim. And also, your master will get throat slitted in an altercation, so back the fuck up. So she's like, tell me where Archer is. And he's like, you could have asked. (laughs) And she's like, props not, I could have. She's like, I'm in a hurry. And so (laughs) Leland is like, this is where we find out all. We find out all yeah. the backstory, and I love that it's via dialogue. But here's the thing. she She's yeah. like, tell me where Archer is. And he's like, you know what? Let's slow down. Let's why go have I, a tea. Why don't I tell let's, you the story? Let's hang out in the salon for a while. We have some time. And I'm like, 
what? What do you mean we have some time? <laughs> I'm still very confused about this because I'm like, the light thing is going to his heart. He's gonna, he's mm-hmm. gonna demon out. He's gonna start eating souls at any moment. We don't have time, Leland. Mm-hmm. But he tells her the whole story of how they had the West Moon Club and they wanted to find a way to cure men of all diseases and they were doing it with botany and they were doing it with science. And then all of a sudden, this light angel came around walks into one of their secret meetings just just walks in yeah, translucent Casual, like marble lady walks in and she's like oh hey guys i'm a I light can make all angel your true yeah yeah and i'm immortal do you guys want to be immortal and they're all like yeah that's like the whole point of this club <laughs> right <laughs> we're not raping or murdering right. we're just trying to find out how not to die yeah. and she's like you know who i like the best you archer and you leland so how about both of you come have sex with me all the time um, but she yeah. really mostly liked Archer, which made Leland so upset. And then she chose those two to drink the elixir, but only Archer did because he's the most bravest and she's in love with him. Well, and because he was in a metric fuck ton of pain and yeah. runs out. And so Leland was about to drink the rest of it, but she's like, mm, he's my true mate. He'll be back. And yeah. he's like, oh, you don't love me. Yeah, it was very sad oh, for no. Leland. And so he only had one sip, which is why he's 90 in England times, in Sherlock Holmes times. Thank you. uh, And normally, you're welcome. (laughs) And he's outlived all of his children and one grandchild. And this is where we also find out that they don't know exactly what's up with Ross Berry and his uh, pup. But um, they do know that he's like 130 years old. Yeah. And McKinnon is the same age as Archer. Right. Well, the same age as all of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but without drinking any of the elixir. Right. Dun, 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 dun. Read Moonlight by Kristen Callahan. So, yeah. So then they're like, all right, let's go to the cavern. I think at some point Miranda's like, by the way, I control fire. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Because he's like, you little woman, you can't go. Right. She's like, bitch, I will set you on fire. Yeah. yeah. And so they promptly get on horses. Because Guess what I did not need. dumb. I didn't need a sword at all. I could have just poofed you. Okay. So. Yeah. Poof. She takes the sword. They go to the cavern. Mm-hmm. They go into the cavern. And Archer's laying on the black slab altar. He's naked. He's all white. He's he's ready to eat souls. Any moment, he might wake up and start mm-hmm. chomping on those souls. And he will crave Miranda's soul the most because he's so in love with loves her. Loves that soul. So, so then... Loves it. <laughs> so then, Victoria is there. And yeah, also... Yeah, Victoria's like, I won. Yeah, <laughs> he came back to me, and then she sees Ross Dale, Ross Berry, Ross Berry the werewolf. He's dead. He's been it. He's his soul has been eaten. And Victoria's like, "All right, I'm gonna kill you, Miranda, but also Leland. Hang out because I am still hungry and I need more <laughs> yeah. old man souls to eat." So <laughs> she's like, she tells Miranda that like, yeah, she's the winner and Archer is her true love and she's gonna murdelate her. And then Miranda's like, "No, you're not gonna murdelate me." I'm going to cut off your arm with this sword right now. With this sword. Okay, so can also I say, like, Kristen Callahan does uh, some amazing shit in this book, but all of the fighty time is, like, like top-tier fighty time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's like, quick usually, and it's fast-paced, and, like, my heart is beating it's out so of my quick. chest. I thought it was Miranda's fucking arm. Like, I thought Miranda got her arm cut off because it's just oh basically like a slice and then Miranda looks down and there's an arm there. And I'm like, <gasps> she got Except her arm Except that it cut shattered off. like glass. Yeah, well, then it shattered and then it was fine. Right. Then I got yeah. it. Yeah. 
So it's so good. So they they do some fighty times. Um, Victoria is real aghast at not having an arm anymore. She hates it so bad. Hates I mean, it. Un- <laughs> unreasonably mad. <laughs> and then she comes after her again. She knocks Miranda around, and Miranda's like, "So feeble, human body must keep going." And she puts the sword right into um, Victoria's chest, and Victoria's like pushing her up against a wall. And Miranda's like telling the sword to burn <laughs> and sending burns into her body. Yeah. And she almost loses it. But then just off of like over Victoria's shoulder, she sees Archer's prone, translucent, beautiful, soul eating body. And she's like, no, must save the day. Mm-hmm. So she burns this motherfucker down. Yeah. Like literally, literally makes uh, Victoria into a pile of ash, mm-hmm. like an embers. And disintegrates the sword mm-hmm, mm-hmm. totally and like the sword like, is gone oh shit because her plan was she was gonna murder up archer to save the soul yeah now the sword's gone Gotta murder him. so mm-hmm. now we don't know what to I do. Can do it can i, I just can say it. quickly miranda i know that victoria is not a vampire but like close yeah. right and miranda even though no one schooled her on where to stab a vampire knew right where to go went, went knew right, right there. where to go so mm. listen shades of vampires <laughs> that's not an instruction that's necessary okay so fair then she's gone the sword's gone she needs to do something about archer she's like hey leland um it's been no so leland is like we got to get you out of here because he's gonna right. eat your soul and, and she's, she's like, like no leland, i was never leaving in the first yeah, place it's good my place is with him yeah and and leland's like he's going to eat your soul and she's like yeah i want my soul to get eaten by archer true love guys true she's like that's where my soul love. belongs yeah, he should just ingest it because it's with him anyway. Oh. So Leland's <sighs> like, okay, you're, I'll just go. <laughs> you're a crazy bitch. <laughs> Gotta go. So she snuggles right up with Archer and she's like, you know what? I wonder if I could, because, oh, Leland said something in an earlier chapter that was really telling mm-hmm. on my second read, which was that Victoria always seemed a little skeeved out by fire. Mm-hmm. So she snuggles right up with Archer and she thinks to herself, purify, purify. And these, uh, these crazy white blue flames, Just the hottest start- flames. Oh, and she she grabs his mouth and she blows hot air into him so that she can cook him from the inside and yeah. the outside. And she's just thinking to herself, purify, purify us both. It's like when you do the clean function on an oven. It's like way it hotter than a normal oven and it just burns yeah. down everything for, in that oven. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't oh, do that, boy. by the way, guys. No one ever push clean on an oven. Don't ever do that. Just clean the oven manually. What? I had to do it. I had to what? do it just now. Um, yeah, at Christmas time. Um, we just did it overnight because I tried to clean out my pie uh-huh. filling went all over the bottom of the oven oh. and it was like a fuck off pie filling. It was not playing around. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to do the cleaning function because I had so much. I had to cook all of Christmas dinner the next day in the same oven. Ah. So I was just like, we got to do it. Got to do it. That clean so I function that, is rough. I turned that bitch to cinders. Anyway. All right. Okay. So she does the same thing to Archer and she's like, my clothes are burning off, but I'm not burning. And and up until this point, she's been like, I have to be really careful with fire because I am not immune to fire. Up until this point, I've been like, that seems really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like as a, as a superpower, right. being able to create fire, but also getting burned by it. Right. Fucking rude. Yeah. But apparently if you think purify, yeah. the fire just gets it and it's like, oh, we're going to do mystical shit yeah. and not like burny shit. Yeah. So 
His translucentness starts seeping out of all of his pores. He just starts sweating the toxins out. And he's writhing and he's moaning and he's in so much pain. And she's in so much pain, but she's like, we've got to do this together because love. Mm -hmm. And when she comes to, both of them are bare ass naked, (sighs) but gorgeous humans again. And he's just a sexy Italian stallion now. Get it. Uh Uh-huh. And then and, and she does. Yeah, she and then she gets it. And then mm-hmm. uh there's the epilogue and they're dancing at a ball and she's like, they're still staring at us, and he's like, Yeah, because I'm so handsome. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking sexy beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, How did this wretch get such a sexy beast? And she's like, <laughs> You're still so charming. So <laughs> <laughs> Which he is, let's let's be honest. Right. So and that's the end. Yeah. That is thank you for listening to this five and a half hour podcast uh you could just listen to the audible version of this book and it would be less time (laughs) probably maybe yeah okay so do you have a lady love kind of so hey guys i know that there are at least a couple of you out there that are adult 30 something women like me who still watch Grey's anatomy we don't want to (laughs) None of us want to. I can't think of one character on that show. I actually tried today when I was thinking about this. I can't think of one character on that show that I like or a storyline that I'm enjoying watching. There's there's nothing about it I enjoy. Oh, my God. I can't stop. I don't know why. I don't know why I can't stop. Interesting. One of the features of Grey's Anatomy also is that they're terrible at being doctors. They're really bad doctors. Mm. And so when I heard that there was going to be a new Shondaland style or created show about United States prosecutors and public defenders. I got so happy because if there's anything missing from Grey's Anatomy and the characters I hate and the storylines I hate and them being terrible doctors, it's them also being terrible lawyers. So you guys, ladies, if any of you are still stuck watching Grey's Anatomy and you hate it, may I introduce to you For the People, which is the same show but they're terrible at being lawyers and you will hate watching <laughs> that. And it's just oh so great. It's such a great, it's just, it's everything you want in Grey's Anatomy to be, but just lawyers. Anyway, All it made right. me feel so happy. It's a terrible show. For the people. Really honestly terrible. For the people. They should all be fired. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, uh, I, I did watch the inaugural episode. You did? And, um, do you I love do, yeah. how they all show up for their new job on the same day? For some reason, there's six new U.S. attorneys that are like, we're all going to get sworn in and the judge is going to give a speech. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> you know how I got sworn in? I just went to like some guy's office and he was like, where are you here for? I'm like sworn in. And he's like, OK, just sign this paper. That's how you get sworn in. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. And you're not there wow, with it's... other people. There's not like a batch. It's not like that. Anyway, so in the first five minutes, I was like, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and you know, for the first like two seasons, it's not going to go off the rails yet. It's already so far off the rails. Not for a lay person. The prosecutors, the defense attorneys are sleeping together in the middle of trials. They had, yeah, there was, there was a, a, a terrorism case where a guy tried to bomb the Statue of Liberty and it somehow went to trial in three days. Oh that my takes gosh. five years easy oh yeah three days yeah, that's no. true. 
Anyway, yeah, it's it's all already <laughs> off the rails. It's a crazy train that I'm on. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, what is my lady love? Mm. I mean, I I fell asleep in the bath today. That's, That's not a good great. idea. People <laughs> die that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Can that be it? Don't fall asleep in the bathtub. <laughs> Actually, yes. My lady love for today is don't fall asleep in the bathtub. Because <laughs> I, How did you I wake put on up? a face mask. Did you fall under the I, water? No, 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 not at all. My bathtub isn't huge. And so I have to I have to be like a little bit shrimpified in order to get my my tits under the water. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really anywhere for me to move. But it was rather disorienting mm-hmm. to like to be like, <laughs> 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 like I'm in the bath and like and the, the jerky movements that you make when you're asleep uh-huh. are immediately huge splashes. Right. You know, normally you'd be like, whoa, what was that weird thing that just happened with my arm? And this time you were like, oh. I'm a walrus. <laughs> like, right. I'm just <laughs> so. Um. Yeah. All right. There you go. Don't don't do that. Guys. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. You can find us right. on Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> you can find us on both <laughs> Facebook, Heaving Bosoms Podcast, Instagram at Heaving Bosoms, Twitter at Heaving underscore bosom bosoms, Heaving Bosoms Podcast at Gmail dot com. Are we anywhere else? No. Join the Facebook group, Heaving Bosoms yeah. friend, Geriatric Friendship Cult. There yep. you go. Do that. It's really fun. Because mm-hmm. um, the, the ladies are really taking the discussions to the next level mm-hmm. up there. And it's super fun. Yeah. And yeah, so keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love jumping down the swirly gig of the stairs <laughs> three stories. <laughs> And not breaking your ankles. Yeah, no broken ankles up in here. <laughs> All right. Bye, Erin. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.